You suck, Chris. Are you ready for some meatballs? So, uh, now what? <laughs> Seemed like uh, it was pretty easy to dismiss uh, the Bears after a six-game losing streak and uh, defense looking like it's falling apart. And then, granted, Houston is bad, but they beat Houston, which they should have done, but they beat Houston by almost 30 points, 36 to 7. So now what? And Mitch looked good. And Mitch has looked good for three weeks now. And uh, a lot of people saying that he's more confident. He's more uh, complete. So, my goodness, what does this mean? (laughs) So, hey, welcome to Meatball Composer. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to talk to Mark Jansen here in a bit about... uh, what do we do? How do we evaluate the Bears now? Does anything change? Has anything changed? So we'll get to that. Also, I want to uh, pitch a, a something on the music side, the composer side, to uh, throw out there. Um, yeah, so it's a beautiful, sunny, chilly day here in Kansas, central Kansas. So uh, let's do this. Let's get going. Before I get to Mark and Bears talk, I wanted to uh, uh, just pitch something on the composer side of the meatball composer. It's not just a uh, a name; it's something I actually do. And uh, I recently finished a uh, piece for piano, Christmas piece. It's an arrangement of "In the Bleak Midwinter," which is a really lovely British uh, tune. Uh, Gustav Holst, the same guy who wrote uh, Mars from the planets, the bum, 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 that, you've probably heard that before somewhere. If not, you should just go to YouTube and look up uh, Holst Mars, and yeah, and you'll say, oh, it kind of sounds like Star Wars, which it really does. Anyway, all that is besides the point. He wrote this lovely uh, carol, uh, carol tune, In the Bleak Midwinter, and I just did a uh, piano arrangement of it where... Uh, it's more colorful and atmospheric of a setting than uh, I would have expected or planned to do, but it just kind of uh, worked out that way. So I will be putting uh, a link to that on my Twitter uh, later today. If that is something that, if there are any pianists out there that are listening that would like to try a new uh, piano piece for something Christmas related next week. Uh, it'll be there for you. So it'd be real easy on my website. You can just download the PDF. Uh, it's going to be eight bucks and uh, intermediate level. Won't be that difficult to uh, to play if you've got some good piano chops. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't do much composer pitching on the show, but wanted to do that today since I literally just finished this morning. So anyway, enough of that. Let's get Mark in here and talk bears. How you doing, my friend? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, so, you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. Um, what a difference one good game makes, huh? 
What kind of. <laughs> I mean, just in our perception, like right before the Texans game, it was like, it's over, fire everyone. Well, they it, were on a six-game losing streak. I would submit to you that was not an overreaction, and they should still consider no. it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, but it, it looks a lot different if you hold on to beat the Lions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. They would be the uh, – they'd be Wild in card. right now, wouldn't they? Yeah, they have the tiebreaker on the Cardinals, and oh. the Vikings would have a game – would be a game behind. Mm-hmm. Your oh, game yeah. this week between the Bears and Vikings would still basically be the exact same, which is to say it's an eliminator game. Mm-hmm. But you would be ahead of the Cardinals and in a little better spot had you beat the Lions. Very That's true. if you even want to bother making the playoffs to get stomped by, what, the NFC West winner? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would, I'd take it over not unless we're going to get a top 10 pick, and we're obviously not. We're not we started going 5-1. Yeah. That, you know, it's I, hard, though. I know what people say when they're like, we need better draft pick for the QB. I totally agree. But – it never works out for the Bears anyway, so <laughs> it kind of rings hollow sometimes too. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> Mitch is playing better. Is it likely that whoever they could draft would be as a sure thing better than Mitch? You know what I'm saying? Not where they're picking now. Yeah. And I'm I'm not arguing to keep Mitch, but I'm just saying if they somehow make a run and sneak into the playoffs, does that is that long term bad for the Bears? Well, the so the, so I go back to five and one because that kept you out of the top top few where you really need yeah. to be to get a great QB. That said, is there a difference between the QBs available at thirteen and the QB available at nine and the QB available at seventeen, or are they all the good ones already gone? Yeah. Are we drafting a tackle because they're all gone? Is that the second best tackle if you're in the low teens? I mean, at some point you'll drive yourself nuts trying to figure it out. And Pittsburgh manages to find what they need drafting late most years. Mm-hmm. You know, just be a better organization. And I don't think tanking when you still have a shot is the way you do that. Though I admit the Texans win has me all sorts of confused because they did what they're supposed to which is kick the teeth in of a terrible team. That's the thing, yeah. And they look like a complete team. And then I'm like, how did they blow a 10-point lead to the Lions? Which yeah. team is the Bears? Who are the real Bears? Please stand up. Bears. Yeah. I, the, it, <laughs> the Bears it's, are the Bears. It's more, how, <laughs> Bears. <laughs> it's more how they beat the Texans than that they did. Like If they had won, like, you know, 27-24, Eh, yeah, you know, you'd be I'm like, not this feeling like nothing. This. Yeah, uh, and they, you know they still didn't do as well in the second half, but man, they were good in the. By the way, the last three weeks, little uh, little trivia here for you. In the last three weeks, Aaron Rodgers has thrown the most touchdown passes. You know, makes Mitch sense. is next. Mitch is next. Mitch is number two. He's also number two by a whole bunch of advanced stats and stuff for QBs that I can't remember what they're called. But they were and, talking about it on Hogan Johns today when I was listening. And there are analysts, Chicago analysts that I respect that are saying Mitch looks different, that he looks more confident, that he looks more relaxed. So well, there's Yeah, go ahead. I'm just I'm all like perplexed and confuzzled now. <laughs> like if if he keeps this up the next 3 weeks, like what do we reevaluate the conversation about Mitch? Sort of. I mean, we already we got out in front of this Sunday. 
because it's been a hot topic in the radio circuit this we week. We did. And I, That's we right. were just suggesting that it's, there's a scenario where he's back and it makes sense. Not that it's a given, not that it's the best thing necessarily. It's better than Foles. And maybe mm. Mitch's market will be way too high if he keeps this up. I don't know. But the Bears need to actually entertain it on a short deal if, uh, if they can't. I mean, really, this is insanity, okay, because <laughs> two of the defenses are the Lions and the Texans. But we've said it for years, two years at least, the Bears are better served by Mitch being the answer than having to start Correct. over. Correct. But how are we supposed to prove he's the answer when he played the Lions, the Texans, then finally the Vikings? They're an okay but not great D, a terrible Jags team, and then ends with the Packers. It could be fool's gold. Not fool's and gold, yet, though. No. And yet just, you're not going to get one of the top couple QBs, so do you bring him back? Is he amenable to it? Is it a short-term thing and you pick a QB? I have no idea how this will shake out. But I know this. Mitch Trubisky is very limited, and Mitch Trubisky can still be productive. We have seen it enough that coaching is the other huge part of this. And when Mitch is out there, David Montgomery goes off. Why? Because the ends have to crash down on Mitch, and they have to set the edge on Mitch, and you can do a lot of things based off of that. Like, they were talking about how Trubisky's presence took J.J. Watt out of the running game because he was just keying on Trubisky. Mm. And I remember when I coached DNs, that's what we did. If we played a running quarterback, the D-end took the QB. We didn't care if – it didn't matter if he had the ball anymore or not. We Just in case you got fooled, you get the quarterback. And we put other people on the running backs. And so, like, I know the NFL is obviously more complex, but that's actually just a basic football principle that you do in high school. Mm-hmm. And, and that opened up the games for, for Montgomery. I mean, just look at his numbers when Mitch started. They're radically different than when Foles started. Very this offense different. is way better than whatever Matt Nagy actually wants to run. <laughs> if you can convince Matt Nagy to devote an offseason to this finally and get Mitch back on a short-term deal, are they better off? And here's my, my last thought on this is why I was kind of advocating carefully for it Sunday. Your defensive window is another year or two, three tops. If Mitch is the quarterback for a year or two of that, that might maximize the window, and then you hit the reset button. I know people don't want to hear that because we're sick of Mitch and we know he can't read the field and he comes across as, you know, sort of dumb as a box of rocks in the interviews with he's just like walking football cliche. I was going to say, we're fighting fighting for the guy next to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're just going to go in, you know, one week at a time. We're going to try to be one and oh this week. You know, we just got to go get in there and have a week of practice. Yeah, gosh. (laughs) It is what it is. Okay, I got to quit before we lose our viewers. Um, So, but like you have to acknowledge where the defense is. And how many of those guys are young versus old? And there's quite a bit of youth there. But you're still going to be rebuilding that on the fly by the time a rookie QB is, you know, in his prime in his third year or whatever, if you even get the pick right. I'm just saying there's a realistic scenario where ride it out with Mitch for a year or two, see where the D is at, then blow it up. Is uh, almost, I mean, I think it would be premature to blow up the D right now. They didn't have a great year. But there's still a ton of talent. I don't. I, what do you think? Well, I think it, these last three starts, they're one and two with Mitch because of the defense, not because of him. They're averaging thirty points a game with Mitch under center. Fourth these last in the three league. Weeks. Yeah, Fourth I mean, there's the a, 
a clear now you know the last week two of those points were the safety uh, so that would bring it to just under 30 point average but you know um like i know people are gonna make bad defenses yeah but i'm sure some of the other teams that averaged 30 points in the last couple weeks played bad defenses too that's the thing these are bad defenses you're putting points up on these bad defenses you're supposed to that's progress that's only one of those was a short field because of max yeah yeah other safety's a halfway short field. The offense is radically better than it was under Foles, of course, but even beginning of the year under it's Mitch. Just, do you trust that? Do you trust Nagy to do it again? Do you trust Mitch? And do you trust the defense? I, I have no idea. I really don't. I'm just saying, based on Hicks's age, Max is going to be 30 mm-hmm. next year, right? Like, that's still fine. He's just still be productive. But you are looking at a scenario where it might make sense to bridge for a year or two. And if you're looking for another bridge QB, why not try to pawn Foles off on someone? After all, you did that for the Jags. <laughs> and then make Mitch the bridge QB. I don't, I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know. Maybe he's going to make yeah. way too much money if he has a good finish to the season. I, they have to consider it, though. They invested so much in him. For him to play good again finally and then get rid of him would be like – and then he's good somewhere else. Oh my gosh, that's the most. Bear- that's the thing. If he's good somewhere else, and I think if they win these next three, I think George McCaskey is enough of a meatball. Oh, <laughs> like, he's totally keeping them all. That, that he could say, "Oh, we were so close." If they win the next three and make a wild card, then they can say, "Oh, we were so close to to it all clicking. Let's give it one more shot." I can totally see that. Yeah, I can totally see it too. You know, it's going to happen Sunday now that we brought all this. Well, up. they'll lose. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll lose. He'll play terrible. Yeah. And it'll be all moved. Yeah, that changes yeah, everything. There's, like we said Sunday, there's like 50 caveats here. Like he has to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Nagy has to agree to commit to it. Uh, and the Bears, on and on. Bears don't but, win week 17 if Rodgers is playing, right? Like Rodgers and Adams and you lose that game. Yeah. So if, if Green Bay has uh, their position locked up, whether they're number one or whether they can't two. move, from where they are, like if they can't move it, they'll probably sit Rodgers at least what half of the game or something like Maybe that. Maybe all of it. Who knows? Maybe it's hard to say. So, do we have to root for the Packers to <laughs> to Clinch. lock in a number one? <laughs> I can't root for Green Bay. Never mind. No, but but that's a realistic. But the point is, here's the nice thing. Okay, so all this is sort of hilarious and frustrating at the same time. We are watching much better offense. Yes, and. We do have meaningful games in December, which there's been years in the past where that was all I was hoping for out of the season hmm. and years recently. If it weren't for 2018, I'd be like, hey, look at us go. You know, <laughs> 2018 was, had the hopes high again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing I wanted to bring up in the context of Mitch. I know he was bad in spurts in 2018, big stretches of bad play. Mm-hmm. And the offense was not as good as it needed to be. He still threw twice as many TDs as interceptions. Yeah in his first year in the system. Like, he's done good things. That's why I really hate when everyone's like, he's a bust. He's only a bust because he's not the other two, and I hate that topic. But, like, Jamarcus Russell is a bust. Tim Couch is a bust. Mitch Trubisky was not worth the number two pick. But he is not a bust. Correct. Agreed. Like, if he's a late-round pick of the Ravens and they don't get Lamar Jackson the next year, no one's calling him a bust. He's probably fairly productive, you know? Mm -hmm. So I bristle at that, and I don't know if the Bears should keep him. It's so much is going to depend on what his market value is. And that's an interesting question because how many teams in need of a quarterback are going to sign a Mitch Trubisky versus just draft one? If 
if we signed Mike Glennon, somebody's going to sign Trubisky. Of course. Sorry, let me rephrase it. Sign him to start. Oh. If we signed Mike Glennon to start. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go through the teams then. All right, uh, people talk about him going to the Titans. He's not starting over Tannehill. No. People talk about him going to the Vikings. He's not starting over Cousins, at least as long as Cousins has that contract. He's going to have to win that job. If the, if the Vikings finish at or under 500 again, I They'd have see. to get rid of Cousins, though. But, yes. Okay, so that one's a little closer. Where else do they have, like, a you know, Ravens? He's not going to start over Jackson. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of systems that move the QB around a lot or want to. Um, San Fran? Do they move Garoppolo? He'd start there. I think he'd start there, even if they didn't. But they yeah. clearly look like they're going to move him. That, I'm trying to simply establish how many other teams can say, we're going to have you start. Because the Bears could say that. <laughs> no, they're going to pick one. They'll pick one, but will they start one? Probably. Maybe. But, but, just my, but that still fits my point. If I'm Mitch and Jacksonville's like, yeah, we're going to let you start, but here's Justin Fields behind you. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And then Mitch says, it's my year. This the is my Jets. year. Yeah, this is my year. Until <laughs> I fumble like 15 snaps in week four. <laughs> see my point? There's a yeah, scenario. The Bears are going to be one of a couple teams where he makes sense sort of as a starter. Again, he's got to finish strong. I can't say this yes, enough. I'm not drinking the Mitch Kool-Aid. I'm simply questioning what the best course of action is considering where they're going to be picking and the defense being ready to win still. Mm-hmm. But what's yeah. his, what's his, so then it becomes what's his market? What if you could get him for, you know, ten to fifteen yeah. or whatever? And he's a restricted free agent, right? Yeah, yeah, they can transition him and they can franchise him. But mm-hmm. the money if you franchise him ain't happening. Yeah, that'd be more than. <laughs> but you got to get rid of Foles as well. And then what do you do with A. Rob, who finally had another huge game? He's a totally different player with Mitch. Just like yeah. Montgomery is. Yeah, he really is. Oh, that little that juke move he had in the game last oh, week. Oh yeah, it was oh beautiful. Oh, here's, that's like that's a Bears receiver thing. doing that. Here's here's my last Mitch thought while we're drinking the looking good against the Lions and Texans Kool Aid <laughs> because we don't ever get nice things, so let's try to enjoy them. That's right. Oh, let's elevate the play of those around him. Actually, the last couple of weeks, compared to the other week, well, yeah, yes, for the moment. <laughs> I mean, I don't expect that to continue, but A. Rob and Montgomery both look better with Mitch. Mm-hmm. Undeniable. Commit. Well, he hasn't played enough, I think. To Komet looked good it. last week. We need to give him some love. Komet got like 10 yards after contact on uh, his pass on the far sideline. He, he runs uh, ticked off. He does. It was beautiful. That was beautiful. fun. He is a keeper. So yep. Jimmy Graham will be gone. That'll save you nine mil. Yeah. Robert Quinn's apparently playing with a dead foot. A dead foot, yeah. What, which what sounds is, like a problem as an NFL player. I would, I would think that you would need your feet to uh, rush the passer. Yeah. We finally know what all the weird secretive stuff about his ankle was. Mm. It was never his ankle. It's his nerves and his foot. Well, no wonder he sucks. Yeah, so he can't. And, and then I found out that was why the Raiders weren't in the mix for him anymore. They, they dropped out of it. So wait, but the Ryan Raiders knew some previously injured players. Yeah, so did the Bears. But Ryan Pace went ahead and did it. Oh my gosh! That's what I really? Saw. I mean, I saw it online, so uh, through the source. Can't remember which website, PFF or NBC. I don't know who it was. Oh gosh! And that's one reason the speculation is that's one reason why George is madder at Pace than he is Nagy. Wow! Because that's obviously pretty reckless with that, George's money. Yeah, extremely. Extremely. I mean, in all in honesty, it's a 
two-year $30 million deal. It is not a five-year $75 million deal. They will cut him next year. But he's a bear for two years. Um, so that brings me to another big topic of the week, which is this idea of push Phillips away, get him out of there, bring in a football guy, let him make his call, with the idea being that they're going to try to get the football guy to at least keep Nagy, but maybe both of them. And that the big change will be organizational to set up the bigger rebuild when the D needs to be rebuilt in a year or two, which also fits my try to keep Mitch narrative a little bit. But what do you think of that idea? That was nope. the other big rumor th- this week. I think that's a fantastic idea because – Even if it brings back Nagy? Yeah, because I think long-term it will be better to build the organization that way from the top down. Well, yeah, it will. I mean, I think the dream scenario is blow it all up. It's or it's just obvious one way or the other regarding Nagy, and then definitely get a football czar in, and then blow it up. Um, but is this a compromise you could live with? Mm-hmm. I could, with one exception. This guy has to have the wherewithal to do what he wants. If he changes, if he says no, I'm getting rid of them. They have to go along with it. It's like what the Bulls did, right? They got everybody out of the way, brought in Karnasovas. Gar's gone immediately, and then they fired Boylan mm-hmm. after a longer yeah. time. But they do have to get that right. Seeing the Bulls do that, seeing the Cubs, you know, what they did with Theo rebuilding the entire organization top to bottom, I know it's a different sport. And yet at the same time, we've been saying for six weeks that Matt Nagy's so bad in game that he's fireable for that reason. He is, but – They didn't quit on him, they, as it turns yeah, out. It looked they, like they did, but they haven't. They didn't, and the offense looks better with Laser calling the plays. I still have lots of problems with Laser, but if uh, – I think part of those are this is the playbook and we can't really do anything yet. I would be curious to see what he does next year if he's still here and yeah. Maggie's here. All yeah, right, uh, let me ask you another guy. Well, that, uh, hold, no, Go ahead. Well, I was just, as a rah-rah locker room guy, I think Nagy's great for that. If well, his hand... I mean, they, they don't quit on him. That looks like they quit occasionally. So if they didn't quit against Green Bay – Remember, we, we had our two scenarios, and Tony Dungy even said they quit. But our, our other scenario was Chuck Pagano's defense is this vanilla and has been figured out. Mm-hmm. Do you bring back Chuck Pagano? Oh, is gosh. he going to be something of a fall guy here? He could be. I mean, now that Lions and the Packers games were brutal. Those two games. Yeah. Yeah. And that they looked better yesterday or this Sunday, I mean. Completely different, completely different defense. Well, maybe because they had a lead right away that he called it different. No, it can't be. I don't know because the Lions were ahead of the line. Right, right, right. They were that would only work with a game day. like Green Bay. And I'm sorry, <sighs> if your scheme is so rigid and your defense that's supposed to be a lead is so inflexible that if they don't have a lead, they suck, then, then what's all this hoopla about? Let's blow it up. Forget it. If that's all they're capable of being, right? Like they can mm-hmm. only get pressure when they have a lead. Yeah, that's they played a great team. game against the Texans, but if those things are true, I mean, I'm just trying to like rewind and like pause, like not you, but people who are saying mm-hmm. stuff like that, like that's then that's not an elite defense, right? So there's still questions everywhere, but it comes down to is this the real coach right now, coaching staff? Mm-hmm. Is this the real Mitch? And I think is this the real defense? If 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 Mitch keeps this up and the D keeps this up, they very well could win out, especially if Green Bay has no reason to play. Yep. Those are some humongous 42-point font ifs. <laughs> Italicized, bold, underlined. <laughs> Red-colored. Yeah. Uh, 
What do you think? Are they are the Bears back? Do they have their Matt Nagy swagger back? Uh, Club dub? A lot depends on – we'll find out Sunday. Yeah. In the division, a must, it's a must win. Everything hinges on winning this game. Sunday. Our souls needed Sunday's game. Our season needs this Sunday's game. That's a good way to look at it. It's that's, an eliminator. That's the darn right uh, poetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I'm here for. The loser's is, done. Remind me, are they in Chicago or Minnesota? In Minnesota. In Minnesota. In a year where home field doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, that's true. And it's on the turf. So, yeah. Minnesota looked pretty bad against Tampa. They did. They did. But the league is so topsy-turvy. I mean, okay, so if we're going to base this game off of last week, we're picking the Bears. If we want to oh. base it off the last seven weeks, right, it's a little different. Yeah, you're picking the Bears either way, right? I'm I'm picking the Bears. That's right. I'm picking the Bears. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a meatball. I can't help it. They re-engaged my meatball mode. I can't help it. Your meatball mode is always just one eighty-yard touchdown away. <laughs> it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. But I, I mean, uh, another thing I just real quick wanted to say about Mitch, you mentioned Robinson looks totally different with him. Uh, Montgomery looks totally different when he than when Mitch is playing. He gets the ball to Komet, which has looked good, but also he gets the ball to Mooney, and Mooney looks like the real deal. Fifth-round pick. Got to give Pace props for that. Mooney looks like a real NFL wide receiver in his rookie does. Year. And time, Mitch gets him the ball. That touchdown run he had down the near sideline, I thought he stepped out of bounds. I can't believe the, they didn't overturn that, yeah. But whatever. Do, do you think he did? Yeah. Oh. I thought he stepped out. Uh, I didn't. I'll have to rewatch it. I, I thought he did in, re, in real time, but on uh, the replay. The replay was really close. You know, his foot's doing the, like, side mm. lean thing. But, I, 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 yeah, I thought he was out, but I didn't mind that they didn't. Lord knows yeah. the refs owe us a few this year. But he had awareness to where the pylon was and how to get the ball there and didn't, you know, drop it as he was going over like some of our players in the past yeah. have done, resulting in a touchback when John Fox... Resulting in it. John Fox, yeah. John Foxing <laughs> all over the place. So, I, yeah. I, yeah, the team just looked better the last few weeks with, with Mitch, and I'm cautiously optimistic that direction or that trend will will continue mm-hmm. and if they win and look good doing it against minnesota if, if they can put, score 30 again or close to 30 and the defense can get to cousins which normally they do the last week was just or the last time they played was an aberration in that normally and they still played well enough to win that was mostly on yeah. the offense mm-hmm. so, so trubisky's really tricky though as i'm you know kind of as we try to sort that out, another thing I wanted to bring up before we moved on from him is there's people now on Twitter and Reddit and elsewhere trying to chart like QB performance versus the defense that they're playing, which is trying to put in context stuff like, oh, it was the Texans and oh, yeah, it was the sure. Lions. Mitch is way better than average, than, mm-hmm. than average quarterbacks against those bad defenses. And he's way worse than average against the good defenses. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is why he is such a roller coaster. Like that's actually got there's now statistical data about that. So He's like completion percentage. Yeah. Average completion percentage against defenses that give a hundred over a hundred passer rating is 66. Mitch's is 73. Okay. 
TD to INT, six to four, right? Trubisky, six or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, or passer rating, they average with those defenses. Again, they give up over 100 is just 101. Mitch averages 117 against them. Mm. And that's four of his six starts, by the way. Okay. Opponent passer rating in the 80s, average completion percentage, 62. Mitch is at 59. Ooh. Average rating, 82. Mitch is at 71. That's significantly lower. <laughs> yeah, that's significantly lower. And he's 10 points lower against 90s opponent uh, QB. Yeah. So we got to keep in mind the context that he's one heck of a bum slayer. That's, yeah, that's good to, <laughs> that's that's for good sure. to keep in mind. Yeah, to balance but you're supposed to, you know, you got to beat your bums. But is he always going to be limited because of the good defenses, of course, mix and match and make it harder to read and against the lions and Texans, he's like, Oh, and you're open and you're open. Yep. And ooh, I can do a jump sidearm to you. <laughs> you know, yeah, wake me up Mahomes when he does, Stafford does that. And the media goes nuts. Like, Oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> to, to slam the brakes, to be careful here. Let me know when he does that to a defense with a coordinator known for zone blitzes for really complicated uh, defensive schemes for running multiple looks in the secondary. That's where we have to see it. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely better than Foles. I'm going to continue to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll see if uh, they continue playing to his strengths like they have the last few weeks. You know, rolling him out, cutting the field in half, things like that. Things that happened last year, like against the Dallas game, where remember Mitch looked all pro in that game against Dallas. He did. And then the following week, the, the following week, it was I can't remember if they played Kansas City or the Rams the week after that. And it was back to the, to the old stuff. So, like, how much of that is? It was KC. They got beat twenty six to three, right? It was something bad, and he and yeah. Mitch was bad. And but they weren't doing the things that they did against Dallas. So, was that Nagy saying, "All right, now we're, we're going back to oh, we're playing the Chiefs. We got to beat them with my way." Yep. And this know, circles so how, back to our do you trust Nagy? And and I don't. When a, you should never distill a season to like a four or five game stretch. The whole thing matters. You do not make your decision on Mitch Trubisky based on what he does in December of 2020 when you have 2018 and 19 too. But I think we have to really be careful here because we've seen this before, like you're saying, and then Nagy does not keep it going. Mm-hmm. Has he finally learned? If so, why does it take so stinking long? Why did Coward keep getting snaps? Right, like I still have fundamental questions, and I would be—I'm still, for the record, on board with a clean sleep uh, slate mm-hmm. with the whole thing. But there are just—I'm just kind of trying to be fair. There are a lot of new scenarios in play that are kind of hilariously based on the 30-point beatdown. And like you said, if you won that game by three, I don't think anything—the conversation wouldn't even have changed. So, is all that fool's gold? Mm-hmm. Great points. We'll probably learn a lot more this week. This is a game that will be much more telling, I think. Indeed. So, let's pick this week. Who do you like? I don't know yet. By the way, I'd like to point out we were both very wrong about the Bears-Texans game, which was wonderful. (laughs) Well, we were just so negative. There was no getting us into the win column until they did it, actually did it. I mean, I'm tempted to go with the Bears because I think they still are the overall more talented team based on, you know, the rebuilding on the fly that the Vikings are doing. But I guess I've seen this before where it looks like Nagy's figured it out and then he shoots at the whole offense in the foot. (laughs) So as much as it pains me, I'm going to take the Vikings. 
Yeah, it's just a fitting way for the season to officially end for all intents and purposes is to go up there and and get get beat in a close, ugly game, 23-20. Okay. 23-20, okay. I'm going to go with the opposite, my friend, and say Bears win 24. The biggest reason I picked the Vikings was just so we wouldn't have the same pick. Is it? Yeah, kind oh. of. Part mm-hmm. of it is. Okay. It's more interesting, but I, I really think it can go either way. If, if I'm really just being honest, um, yeah. and I had fun with the Texans game, I still need to see a lot more to really believe in the QB and the coach. And again, this was just outlining scenarios more so than advocating for them. Mm-hmm. I hate doing it on a Wednesday, though, right? Like, can I see a Friday injury report? Can I can I send you a text and then you can tweet out the change in my pick sure. based on someone being <laughs> out? Yeah, no problem. Speaking of, the Bears changed their practice time today to 5:10. The only times they've okay. done that are for virus reasons. Uh-oh. And that was a tweet from like 3 hours ago and I still don't know if there's news on that. I need to look around, I guess. Someone got the rona. Khalil Mack is now the PFF number 1 edge rusher or edge player for the season by their little grading. Okay. Last Mario <laughs> Edwards uh, had a great game and apparently Man. is a uh, jag, so we're going to have to drop the Mario Edwards love. <laughs> that just makes me sad. All right, know, when it's like, hey, that guy's really been a plus signing. And then, I mean, they, yeah. they almost never charge if there's not good evidence. He's denying it, but like for them to actually charge him, not yeah. just someone mentioned that it had happened, but the DA's, I guess, going to take it to court, right? Um, I. I haven't heard all that. I just saw the the tweet this morning about the. So yeah, I don't know what exactly is going on there, but I thought we shouldn't ignore it. He's a, I mean, he's charged with assault. So then I don't know if that's right to court or plea bargains and all that kind of stuff. But it's not just they're investigating; they're now saying charged. Yeah, that's just very disappointing. And the Lions are set to interview your guy, Lewis Riddick. My guy. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like he was. <laughs> That's a name that uh, would, wouldn't be too bad if the Bears were considering, though, too, wouldn't it? No, give me Booger McFarlane. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, Riddick's solid. He's friends with Nagy, oh. by the way. You're like good buddies. Oh, mm. interesting. Yeah. All right, However, well. For a TV guy, he's about as good as he gets, right? Who, Booger? <laughs> no. God, no. <laughs> Uh, I would pick someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, pick? No. Yeah, I got it. I got it. All right. Hey, well, thanks for joining again. And, Always uh, a pleasure, my friend. Maybe we'll do a Sunday post game after the Bears win big again, or we shall see. Or maybe it's it's all over podcast after the game. So basically, there's going to be a post game because yeah, this one's pretty big. Let's plan on that. Either way, let's do one. Yeah. Okay. See all you. right. See you. Now, I reserve the right to completely do a 180 on all of this uh, if the Bears get hammered by the Vikings. <laughs> or even if they lose. If they lose to the Vikings, for me, back to blow the whole thing up again. But uh, if they win and look good doing it, whew, uh, maybe that'll just fuzzy things up even more. Who knows? But it's so much more enjoyable to cheer for a team winning than... I just can't root for them to lose, and I can't root for draft picks, because honestly, 
How many times have the Bengals had a high draft pick? Or the Jaguars? Or the Lions? And converse that with, well, how about the Packers? Or the Patriots? Or the Steelers? Or, you know, there's just so many teams that um, high first round picks has made no difference to their success or not. It's really an organizational finding the players, the best players, when it's uh, your turn on the clock. So... I'm not a fan of, oh, let's get the best draft position. But anyway, not important right now. What is important right now is this Sunday against the Vikings, and that will tell us a lot. So be sure to uh, check that game out. And uh, Mark and I will just hop on and uh, do a little post-game no matter what. And maybe we'll have better uh, clarity about the future. If they lose, definitely. If not, it's still fuzzy. So, we'll see. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Meatball Composer. I'm on Twitter at MeatballComp34. And uh, if you follow, I will follow back. So, that'd be great. Also, you can send me an email, TheMeatballComposer at Mail.com. Thanks again for listening. Stay healthy. And until next time. You've been meatballed. (laughs) You suck, Chris.